watch watch us this this is gonna be the cold open for the podcast watch us have having gone on this trend of the last like, been like five or, or six episodes, episodes yeah. of just being able to just dip into this nostalgia craze and now that we're like oh let's do an episode about it watch nothing come to mind watch us be like mm, yeah i'm so um. well the problem is we're recording two today and one of my for the other topic i've got nostalgia stuff well, if if you so just, I want to avoid... if you just talk about it, but avoid the the soundtrack aspect of it, then you know what I mean. But uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Ten Points of Slashing. My name is Matthew. My name is S J. Uh, and today we're gonna talk about nostalgia. Like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna leave that cold open in or not, but the last like handful of episodes, we've just been dipping into this weird nostalgia dive, and uh, today we're just we're just gonna talk about we're just gonna talk about nostalgia, man. And I am not ready. Well. Uh, this, maybe this bit will make you ready. We're, we got some drinks. Yeah, I don't have the juice yet. Yeah, we, I'm going to give you the juice. I need um, the juice. I don't, uh, we don't have a special guest here today, but, uh, for everyone that listened to last week's episode, uh, just another thank you to Roshanti for coming, hanging out with us, um, and, uh, giving us some, some of his dulcet tones for last week's episode. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. I have a drink. I too have a drink. Would you like to present? Yes. Let's present. Let's try to... What are you looking at? Don't look at it. I'm not. I can't even see it. I'm not wearing my glasses. Okay. Let's present. All right. Three, two, one. Oh, reach. What the f*** is this? What is this? Oh, it's natural. Uh, this is going to be the first guava flavored thing I've ever had in my life. Sweet full body. Sweet full body. Uh, so for, for everyone at home, for the hints for those can finders out there, this is a, it's a, it's a skinnier can. It's only 12 ounces uh, and it's island guava. Have fun with that. And it's you, natural. And it's all I, natural. I did scour the can because I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to get away with being able to say this is an energy drink. It says natural caffeine. It does have the word energy on the can. and Active that, energy. Yep. That was my qualifier. Yep. If it says energy. All right. You want to anything you want to say about your can before we crack? Uh, I'm looking for the word energy. Well, it's it is. It a, counts. It yeah, counts. It, it is I'll, a thing. Uh, okay, well, yeah, in the in the brand name, yeah, <laughs> the word. Well, energy I was is thinking there. because because it is what it is. People drink that for yeah. energy, so you know what I mean. And it counts because the word energy is on the can. Oh okay. nope, that, never mind. On the bottom, it says yeah. very clearly, energy drink. Okay, cool. All right, we're we're good. All right, you ready? Yeah, mine is uh, it's orange. It is, and uh, it looks really like. That was in so that was with because you know the other ones of that type like the more common yeah, ones yeah. that was with those but it was literally the bottom rightmost thing of that entire fridge unit it was it was all the way down there it says strength four out of five oh. sweet full body full body sweet all right all right oh this tab is weird dude wait what's wrong with it it's just weird you'll see you'll see when I give it to you three two one. I had a really boring open. I'm sorry, guys. It looks like it has a sweet full body. It smells good. This is the first time I've like smelled a can. It smells good. He's, he, ladies and gentlemen, he is inspecting. I'm drinking. Oh, dude, that fucking slaps. That's so good. At first, at first, it kind of has just it like it has that like caffeine flavor. You know what I mean? And then there's just such a a, a slap in the face of tropical fruits. I don't know what to feel about this. This is really good. This is really, really good. This tastes exactly like the other one yeah. that I've drank in the past, mm -hmm. just without the chocolate. Without the, oh. <laughs> tastes exactly the same. And I'm gonna really weird. I'm going to fucking hate that. It tastes answer. really weird. 
I'm gonna hate that then. This is odd, dude. <laughs> I love your use of the word odd. That's that's beautiful. Here, let's let's this let's, is let's swap a roo. I already know that I'm gonna hate this, and I forgot that we. Oh, that is weird. Look what at the, the tab hell? on it. Yeah. yeah, dude, it's I weird. I always forget that we're gonna do the swap, and I kind of just continue to set myself up for failure. But uh, it, it's odd. It's an odd can all around. Odd drink. Holy hell! It's like getting slapped in the face, dude. This is with the last can of this that I was presented with a different brand, but I could find solace. I could find comfort in the chocolate undertones. Mm hmm. This is just awful. Yeah, it just this tastes- is just god awful. I, I'm not gonna drink the rest of this. You can keep that. I bought. I bought a backup. Holy moly, dude! That's really good. You're gonna drink the rest of this? If you want it, you can have it because I have a backup drink. I'll drink. I'll drink the rest of that. Are you sure? Yeah. Like, it, it's not good, but it's not bad to me. See, I, I just, I, there's only very specific kinds of coffee that I actually like, and that's not one of them. Yeah, Matt's got this tropical fruit wonder. <sighs> it's really good. Yeah, that's. It's really, really good. That's like a treat. It's good. You can just taste the energy drink, like, right away. You're like, well, this is an energy drink. No, this is an energy drink. <laughs> this is. It's bad. It's bad. It's frothy and empty and You can odd. just say it. You can just say it. It's bad. It's not, I don't know. It's bad. Let me shake it up a little. Oh, yeah. Give it a little bit of shake. Ooh, I can hear it jiggling. Jiggle jaggle. I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up, and I kind of hope it doesn't. It's so frothy. Oh, God. I got all froth. <laughs> it oh, assaulted man. you. Get past the, the froth to the, the meaty center. No. I'm not going to drink the rest of this. Yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. You can say it. It's bad. That was a strike. That was a strikeout. No, I, I'm, I'm, I tried, like, I saw that it was what it was, and I was like, okay, I want to get something a little bit weird, but, like, I feel like he'd like it, because it, it is this thing. Yeah, no, I, canned coffee is never good in any... Oh, you're just gonna come out and say it. Yeah, yeah. it's coffee. Um, canned coffee is never good. Well, you like, you like the one that you gave me from the other I don't, brand. I don't like it, it's just something that I have drank in the past, because mm. I didn't want to stop by a coffee chain and, and grab something. That's fair. I do like the glass ones that they sell of that brand. I don't know. The Even big... then, it's it's just like, I'd rather just have chocolate milk. <laughs> There's no caffeine in chocolate milk. Speaking of nostalgia, chalky milk. Chalky milk. <laughs> oh, man. There was, got, a, there was the a night. There was a night a couple weeks ago. No, it was a couple months ago. Um, I was on my way to work, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like. I don't know. I just walked past the fridge and saw chocolate milk and really wanted chocolate milk. So I bought a half gallon of it. Did you drink it all that? And night, I drank it. <laughs> oh my God. A half gallon of chocolate milk in one night. And, my, yeah. and my coworker was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, dude. I just really wanted chocolate milk. I want to have, I want to have a night. Like I want to have like a nostalgia night where I get like an emulator or something on my computer. And I want to make like cherry, uh, I can't say the brand, cherry fruit drink that children drink that usually comes in powder oh yeah uh, like macaroni and cheese and like chicken nuggets mom used to make the hell out of that drink for us oh yeah but like just just do like that that meal you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the the chicken nuggies and the mac and cheese and the powdered fruit drink powdered fruit drink and just play like old emulated games and just be like five again for me, it's a spicy flavored chip. Well, you, you can be a little more specific than that. And a red carbonated. You're not giving them variation anything. of a primarily green carbonated beverage. Okay, there you go. The <laughs> chip is uh, cheesy in nature. It is, it is not. It is spicy in nature. It's spicy cheese. No, it's not. Well, yeah, it's spicy nacho, but it's not cheese flavored. Not. We can say that. Nicey, 
Nicey, fuck. Nicey. You might want to crack your other drink, get the juices flowing. Yeah, they're not flowing yet. Uh, Man, you've been been drinking the shit out of those, dude. Today, the drink that I have chosen as my alternative in case this one sucks is one that I roasted a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And was like, ah, I would never drink this on my own. Now I drink it on my own constantly. I see. I honestly, I think I see you drinking it more than Miscellaneous Prime, which is upsetting yeah i've I've rotated over to this away from miscellaneous prime because i've obviously drank the absolute crap out of miscellaneous prime so yeah this is a nice and it has uh, more caffeine in it too so i don't know it's nice it's a good flavor i'm going back on my review of the one from a couple weeks ago and (laughs) there's so much comedy in the fact that we have to be incredibly vague but i also (laughs) feel like we're talking about nothing (laughs) i do feel like we're talking about nothing and I feel like people listening are like, dude, come on, like get 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 to the topic. This is old. <laughs> um, I don't, due to the freeform kind of nature of this, I don't, I don't necessarily have anything to to right out the gate hit it with. But I, I think you do. So. I can, I can start with something actually yeah. that in, that involves you. So uh, when I was a kid, I loved Spyro the Dragon. Oh yeah, I love and, Spyro the Dragon. And I played it a bunch i played the first one and then the second one came out and i remember you were alive when the first one came out or was it one of the like when did the first one come out the first one came out in 1998 it came out in 98 i don't know why but i thought i always thought it was like or like 96 or 97 but that's that's pre-ps1 isn't it yeah yeah well ps1 was mid 90s i think ps1 came out in 95 ish because i was six when dad came home with one one day and he was super proud and like happy with himself as a father and was like oh i got you this thing let's and and we played the first game i ever played on the playstation one was a fighting game called battle arena toshinden yeah dude i (laughs) i vaguely i just i have fleeting memories of like wolverine guy on the giant exactly i was just gonna say you can hear the (laughs) Yeah, and then like gold samurai knight guy with big sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like those are the old, uh, just fleeting memories. Yep, there was that, and then I played. The, I think the fir- one of the the very first game I ever played in my life. I know this definitively. The very first video game I ever played was uh, Crash Bandicoot Three Warped. But I remember the first fighting game. I think it was Tekken Two. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the ever that's why Tekken is like out of like Street Fighter and and like all of those kind of fighting games Tekken has always been my favorite because the first one I played was Tekken 2 yeah we had Tekken 2 um I just remember Jin that was the only that was actually the only fighting game that that I had and uh I don't think Jin was in Tekken 2. I think he started in Tekken 3. Well, it was Cos- Cosmo then. But I just I just remember, you know, big scary looking demon guy. And as a child, I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah, Kazuya was a... Uh, he had like his devil form or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you had to unlock it after like getting to the very end of the game, beating yeah. it on like a certain difficulty yeah. or some BS like that. But yeah. Yeah, Kazuya was... Remember al- when you could like unlock stuff by playing the game? Yeah. That was great. I missed that. Yeah, Kazuya was always my favorite. And then uh, I think Tekken 6 is the last one I played. Those are the only two Tekken games I played. But uh, yeah, I went in hard on Kazuya. He was always my favorite with a stupid little... Freaking like spike Vegeta hairdo. haircut. Yeah, he's just Vegeta. Yeah, <laughs> he's just Vegeta. <laughs> Jin was always my favorite. Yeah, I think he's Kazuya's son. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, I just I love I love family drama. That's part of the reason why uh, I gravitated so heavily towards Devil May Cry three when it came out because it really focused on the the family drama. Yeah, I love that shit. Dude. Well, I mean, Kazuya is Hihachi's son. Yeah, and Hihachi was the bad guy in Tekken one. Yeah, well, and even even in like Tekken seven, the most recent one, it really hyper focuses on the the Mishima family and. How yeah, yeah. fucking crazy they all are. <laughs> yeah. 
What a rad little... It's because, like, yeah, like, Heihachi is hell-bent on murdering Kazuya, and Kazuya is hell-bent on murdering Jin, and Jin is hell-bent on trying to survive. So it's like, (laughs) it's this crazy triangle of just pure insanity, and I love it. Yeah, no, what a... Like, uh, it was my... Well, okay, so Battle Arena Toshinden was my first experience with fighting games, but Mm -hmm. Tekken was my first experience with, like, really enjoying a fighting game, and I don't... Looking back, I don't even know why I enjoyed it because I'm really not a fighting game guy in general now. I think um, it's I think it's because it's one of the first fighting games early on to really focus on the story. Yeah, that's street, true. Early Street Fighter games and, and uh, what's the other really big one? I can't think of it. It's Street Mortal Fighter, Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Thank you. Holy yeah. crap! The the big thing with Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat is in their earliest iterations they were just straight up punch dude have fun. But I think from the earliest games Tekken tried to have a story. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter always had a story. It was just not but it was the, the scale the story, of Tekken. Yeah, the story was just like there's this grand tournament and there's people here and now fight. But Tekken Tekken has always been about that family. You Which, know what I mean? Hilariously enough, was the story for the first Elder Scrolls game. Oh yeah, Elder yeah. Scrolls Arena. Yeah. It was just like it was conceptualized as a fighting game in a fantasy world, and like every city had their like little team of fighters and like. I I went, I went back on an on an emulator and tried to play Arena and I think I got like a solid three or four hours into it. No idea what was going on at yeah. all whatsoever. I tried so hard, could not figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no. Gamers the, uh, back in the day were a different breed, man. The first game that I ever like played played was Crash Bandicoot. Like Battle Arena Two Shenan, I you know, I'm like, oh wow, this is a video game and it was my first video game. But then Crash Bandicoot was the first game I played that I was like, okay, I'm gonna play this and I played the crap out of it. Oh yeah, I, we totally sidetracked. Uh Spyro the Dragon. So oh, yeah. So Spyro the Dragon, uh, like obviously I loved, and then the second one came out, and I remember distinctly. It was either for our other brother's birthday or for Christmas. They got him, and that's in air quotes, Spyro 2. And uh, it was really for both of us, and it was mainly more for me, but they wanted to give it to him as like a, oh, like you have a I birthday or a Christmas present or whatever it was. And then he got, because he was like super duper young, he got super possessive about it. <laughs> and then that it would cause like him. It would cause fights. That sounds exactly because he's like, like "Well, I got it for my birthday," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but like, you don't even know how to play it. You ask me all, constantly, hey, can you beat this level for me?' Like, it's it's come on, come on, it's my game. Let me play the game. Anyway, they got it for him because he loved watching me play the first one. And uh, anyway, uh, we we would like go back and forth on it, and then Matt played Spyro Three when that came out. Uh, you know, the funny thing is. Out of all three Spyro games and the amount of time that I have spent with them, the only thing that I remember is the sheer amount of time I spent skateboarding in Spyro yes. 3. I literally, if 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 my if we take my play time of that game as a percentage of 100%, 70% of my time in that game over my entire life has just been skateboarding. I was so enamored with it. I don't know why. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I did um, for a while. Like, they introduced that mechanic in the third game, and it was just this was weird... rad as hell, dude. Just this weird, random, like, oh, fucking, you can skateboard now. Fucking Chester the Cheetah was like, hey, dude. <laughs> Chester. 
I don't know what his actual name his is. His name is Hunter. Hunter, thank you. Yeah, he's just like, hey, dude, you want to be fucking rad? And I Jester was like, yeah. the cheetah. Yeah, we could say that as We're long like as we cheese don't. cheese puffs. Yeah, the cheese puff mascot, we'll say. But yeah, fucking, he's just like, hey, dude, you want to be rad as hell? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, here's a skateboard, go. And yeah, I no, spent that's... so much time doing it. Yeah, the mechanic was a lot of fun. And there were like two or three little areas in the game where mm-hmm. it let you do that. Um yeah, that was a blast, dude. Yeah. Um It's one of the, one of the few like side side bars in a game that like just ate all my time up. Well, yeah, I mean, cuz in the third game they introduced other playable characters. Yeah, that so, was like so the fun, penguin dude. guy and then I love the penguin guy. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that's where my love of penguins started. For those like <laughs> Sergeant pe- Bird. Yeah, penguins are my favorite animals ever of all time. I cannot get enough. I cannot get enough of penguins. So I think that maybe be where it started because he had his little propeller and he like hovered. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He, had, he had like a jet pack. SJ just and he had po- rocket launchers yeah. mounted on his shoulders. We record these episodes in in my room, and SJ just pointed to my bookshelf where I have no less than like four penguins. <laughs> I like penguins, guys. Yeah, no, Sergeant Bird was like this. He, he's like a James Bond because his name is James Bird. Yeah. So they, he's like a James Bond thing, but also he has rocket launchers mounted to his shoulders. Oh no, he didn't have a jetpack. He just flapped his little penguin wings. Oh, I, I always yeah, yeah. I always, I don't know why, but I remember like a little propeller hat or something. I could be totally wrong. He might have a propeller hat. Let me look. Like but a, that's like, not or, what like he a, used or like to a fly. little propeller that came out of his backpack or something. I don't know, dude. I, yeah. I, I could be totally wrong, but That's not what he used to fly. No, he had a little army helmet on. Oh, yes, he did. You're right. With actual army E5 rank on Listen, it. guys, <laughs> I just skateboarded. I don't, I don't remember the characters. <laughs> I remember the Hunter levels being really, really fun, though. I don't think you could play as Hunter I in thought Spyro you could. 3. What am I... Maybe it was one of the weirder offshoot later Spyro games that I'm thinking of. Yeah, well, technically you could play as Hunter where you... I think you fly... Uh, like a... Fly a thing or something in one of the, like, speedways or something. I don't oh, know, but... Oh, yeah. But on the ground, Hunter, you could play as him in later games. Um, yeah, I could be just confusing it with one of those weird. But yeah, because it was it was Sergeant Bird, Agent Nine, the secret agent monkey guy. Yeah. Uh, what else? What were the other playable characters? Uh, the big Yeti guy, Bentley. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't remember the others. Wasn't there like another dragon? No, there was um Sheila, the kangaroo. Oh. So each homeworld had its own like new playable character and it was sheila for the first one um sergeant bird for the second world bentley for the third world and then agent nine for the fourth world um, good game yeah the spire games were a blast i know i talked about them in an earlier thing but that was the first introduction that i had to like these are all different worlds and every world had its own very distinct personality and like that contrast that i talked about in the game levels the environments episode um that's really where it first like took off for me yeah I have I have a lot more, man, and I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah, unless, I, I unless mean, you let's just something. keep talking. No, I, I was just I was just thinking. Um, I'm, I was kind of hovering on the the fighting game stuff for a little bit mm-hmm. in my mind too, because I I remember there was a very very clear line for me as a kid with what I was getting into when I was growing up between like switching from Tekken to just fully going into like all those super crazy nostalgic Dragon Ball games, like all the Budokai Tenkaichi games and Raging Blast and all that stuff. Those were a good time. I'm just I'm just thinking about it because the the fun thing about the Raging Blast game or not Raging Blast my apologies the fun thing about the uh, Budokai Tenkaichi three which is they they had just announced a new Budokai Tenkaichi which is insane 
because the last one came out early 2000s if I had to go. It was PlayStation 2, so mid early to mid-2000s maybe. Um, but I rem- the thing that was so fun about that game was you could play as literally anybody. Like, you could play as Frieza Soldier <laughs> and just be a dude. Uh, and they, they really went in-depth with a lot of stuff. Like, like in LEGO Star Wars, how you can play Rebel Trooper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like an outfit of Goku or something where he's wearing Roshi's sunglasses like from when he stole them when he got back from Yard Rat. Mm-hmm. And if you try to use a solar flare on Goku when he's wearing his sunglasses, it doesn't work because he's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> and there's just so so much of these tiny little details about like this attack won't work on this person because of this or this or like just the, the level of detail you could play as every single transformation of every character no matter what like this is crazy the amount of the sheer amount of detail there was like hundreds of playable characters in that game is wild let me ask you this because i have a bunch uh do you have any stories any memories of us two specifically or of our other brother or dad of us playing games at that age like really young playstation need i say hog wild (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nice oh uh, man the, that level in Crash Bandicoot where you're on the hog and you're riding around I remember yeah I just remember us sitting around the TV passing the controller around every time we died screaming our goddamn heads off at that and then obviously like I, I don't think I did it um, I think I was barely alive at this point but I do vaguely remember the, the Crash Team Racing anger so that's um, that's what I was going to one of the things I was going to talk about. That was mostly about, just you and dad, right? That was me and dad, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we'd, we'd set the TV up, we'd play, and that's what I'm talking about. He would bring home spicy nacho-flavored chip and uh, red carbonated beverage that is an offshoot of the primarily green carbonated beverage. Yes. And we would drink the hell out of that and eat the hell out of those chips and... Like our fingers are all, you know, greasy. Yeah, with dude. Dust and where we would do in Crash Team Racing, we mainly would do battle. There was a mode where you just like, yeah, it wasn't a racetrack. It was like an arena of a track. And then you would just like drive around and throw bombs at each other, shoot missiles, blow each other up. And he and I would get so mad at each other. Me and um, me and our other brother, we 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 basically did that. But it was with Mario Kart Double Dash. Mm-hmm. On the Nintendo GameCube, we played the shit out of that game. Um, cause Dad, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to out our father. I think he stole that. <laughs> cause he just came home with a GameCube one day and was like, "Hey, I brought this from work." And then we were like, "Okay." Yeah. And then, and then the the place that he used to work at, uh, they like closed completely, and he just never like they. I guess they either never asked for it back or he didn't have to give it back. But I think he just brought it home, and then it worked out in his favor. Yeah. No. To be <laughs> fair. I, I'm not going to out myself here, but let's just say there have been careers past where certain equipment isn't on the books necessarily, and, and walk away with it, it wouldn't impact the company if you just walk away with it. Um, yep. So I totally see that happening because he worked... So our dad worked in he worked technology. At, yeah, he worked at a college that taught like game design and programming and, and a lot of stuff in that vein. So they... They had like developer kits for those consoles, exactly. and then they just had those consoles. I think the the GameCube, they you could like rent it from like the the their like campus library or something exactly. like that. And I but think he, he was, just rented it and yeah. then never gave it back. I don't. I don't even. I I would even wager that he didn't even rent it because he. Our dad is <laughs> was a really charismatic guy. Really charismatic. Like just makes friends everywhere he goes. And yeah. I would be willing to bet that he probably just asked somebody like, "Hey, uh, I want to take this home and." 
play a game with my sons or something. And the person probably was like, yeah, man, go for it. Just bring it back next week. And then, and then next week never came. And then that dude forgot about it. And yeah, because that's. You know, how many freaking GameCubes did that company probably have on hand? Right? Yeah, GameCube. Like, you know, the funny thing is GameCube, uh, up until the Wii U, the GameCube is actually Nintendo's worst selling console, which is wild to me because that's the console I had the most fun with growing up. The only thing I remember about GameCube is that it was purple and that the controllers were really confusing to me because I was used to yeah. not joysticked PlayStation 1 controllers. Yeah. Like just the D-pad and the buttons and that's it. Um, but yeah, me and, me and our other brother, we played the shit out of Mario Kart Double Dash, and then that bled into, oh man, it's all coming back, that, that bled into Super Smash Bros. Melee, and we, we beat the shit out of each other IRL over that game, yeah. <laughs> uh, as brothers do, but yeah, just, uh, fighting games and racing games were a staple of our house. Yeah, definitely. And fighting in racing games. Yeah. Because Mario Kart Double Dash had a battle mode too that was really fun, but yeah, I remember I remember the the Crash Team Racing battle mode and just how insane that got with like the heat seeking missiles and the, the all that crazy shit. Oddly enough, um, I we played Crash Team Racing way more than we played Crash Bash. Which was designed. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Yeah, Crash Bash. I fucking loved. It. No, me and me and me and our other brother played the fucking shit out of Crash Bash, dude. Yeah, no, we. Uh, oh my god, Dad and I didn't play Crash Bash much. Actually, I have a funny story about. I want this. them to remaster Crash Bash right now. Actually, I have a funny story about this. So. Uh, Crash Bash came out and I knew about it and it came out right around the time that I had started playing Unreal uh, Tournament. Just, just real, real quick. Yeah. For those that don't know, Crash Bash is basically like the mini games in a Mario Party game without like the board part of it. Like you all pick characters and you play these mini games and you're fighting each other and it's, it's yeah. like, it's like a party. Well, game. it's, it's, it's the same thing they did with Crash Team Racing because Mario Kart was a huge success and that was a Nintendo IP. PlayStation had Crash Bandicoot, so they pressured the developers into doing Crash Team Racing. Yeah. And then Mario Party was a huge success, so same thing. Hey, yeah. we already have this there, franchise, yeah. so let's do there's a party no, like, game out of there's it. There's no dice rolling, there's no stars, there's none of that. You just you just play mini games. Yeah. And it was a blast. It was um, the best time of my fucking childhood, dude. Oh my god. But funny story about that. So this game came out right around the time that I was super getting into Unreal Tournament, right? And uh I had Played Unreal Tournament just nonstop, and then I heard, you know, oh, Crash Bash is coming out. So I remember telling our mom, like, oh, I really want this game. And she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get it for you. I'm going to order it on Amazon. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I think Amazon existed? Yeah. So usually uh, whenever mom would order something on Amazon, I think it was like a week before it arrived. Well, that was, that was back whatever, when it, it was probably just still primarily a bookstore back then, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but whatever, whatever the normal time was, I had internalized. And I didn't tell mom, you know, but whatever the normal timeline was in my head, I was like, oh, OK, it's a week. Whether it was a week or two weeks, doesn't matter. It's arbitrary. But she said, OK, yeah, I'll order that game for you. So in my little child mind, I was like, cool, she's ordering it right now. So I remember being a kid and every single day was just absolute torture. And I would just be miserable because I'm waiting for this game. And Unreal Tournament lost its luster for me during that time. Because all I could think about was Crash Bash. Yeah. And uh, I remember one day specifically. Whatever the timeline was, that day came. And I remember getting home from school and 
sitting in the kitchen at the table, which the seat that I was sitting in faced a window that looked out onto the street. And I remember sitting there and waiting because I was like, today's the day it's going to get here. And mom is like, you know, doing her thing in the kitchen, whatever, making dinner, cleaning, whatever she's doing. She's running around, you know, she'd go into her office and do whatever. And I'm just like sitting like a psychopath at the kitchen table, staring at the window, waiting for this game to come. And obviously I'm a kid. This is before you could just pull out your touchscreen cell phone and Google and blah, blah, blah. So I not like I had nothing with me. I was sitting at a kitchen table staring out a window. Yeah. And at one point I'm like, okay, I'm getting bored. Like, uh, I guess I'll play Unreal Tournament a little bit. So I went and played that for like five minutes and then was like, no, Crash Bash is going to be here. And then I went back out and I just sat there and like the sun goes down it's getting into nighttime, and eventually mom was like, hey, SJ, are you okay? Like, what's going on, honey? And I was like, mom, I'm just waiting for Crash Bash. And she was like, I, I didn't order it yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, devastated. heartbroken, devastated. And I got mad at her. I was like, mom, what do you mean? You said you'd order it. And she was like, yeah, I did. I, I said I'd order it, but I, like, I didn't say when. <laughs> Like, I need to get paid. And uh, and I was just, like, super heartbroken and super mad at her. Crash! <laughs> there, was, there was so many minigames in, in, in there that I remember, but mine and uh, our brother's favorite was the one that was just, like, an all-out brawl. Yeah, like, yeah. you just run around and shoot each other. Because he would always play... Uh, who's the... Who's the... the uh, who's Cortex's buddy? Um, Dr. Engine? No, no. The weird dude with the tall head. Brio. And, like, Dr. Brio. He would always play Dr. Brio. And I would always play either the the polar bear or the penguin. Of course you did. Because uh, I have a brand. And uh, yeah, we, we would do that. But also we loved the, the minigame. The, the other two minigames we really loved, uh, the one where you're... It, it was direct ripoff from Mario Party, but it was the one where you're on the uh, the ice brick that like, teeters yeah. as you and move around it. And you ride the polar bears it. and try and to you, knock each yeah. other off. And then the one where it's like a grid and you have to make your color the most color on the board uh, with the pogo sticks. Yeah, uh, that one we, was fun. We love that one too. But Dude, just every, we need to... Oh my God, we need to get Crash Bash. We need to get an emulator of Crash Bash. We need to I invite have, everyone over. I have the emulator. Yeah, we just need to invite people over. And I can link it to the TV screen so that it's huge. Yeah, ugh, that would be that would be a banging time. It'd be a blast. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I always played Dingo Dial. He was my man. Uh, Dingo Dial was a homie. Um, well, I mean, he wasn't a homie, but he was a homie. I have another. I have another pretty funny story about uh, that era. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you have something else. No, I mean, I I feel very very fortunate in that I didn't really have to like I I had to wait for games in the sense of like yes you know our parents had to get paid and and you know budgeting and all that stuff um so you know we could only get games when the situation was perfect but I you know I grew up right in the era of when like game stores were huge so whenever mm, they yeah. whenever they were ready for, it was like prime GameStop years. Uh, when GameStop actually sold video games and not merch, uh, you know, she would she would be like, hey, I, I, I want to buy you this game. Or like, is there a game that you want? I'll buy you one. And we just go to GameStop. Um, and then, you know, very, very quickly after that, it's like, oh, hey, you want a game? Uh, here's my card. Buy it on Steam for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. That's um, crazy. I, ne- I didn't live through that. Well, I, obviously I did. But yeah. But I, I was off on we, my own. Our, our father, he got me and uh, our other brother, uh, like Dell laptops um, that we, we beat to absolute shit with how much we we put on those things. But uh, he got us these Dell laptops and uh, this was it was probably like I want to say early 20, early to mid 2012. 
uh, because Skyrim had just come out, but it hadn't been out for long. Because uh, I remember Skyrim was the first game I put on that laptop because I was I was super into wanting to mod it. Uh, and at that point in time, there was like a decently healthy modding community, so right. I, I just I just went all in on that. Um, but yeah, from that from that point where we got those laptops to now, I've always been a PC gamer console here and there for like those exclusives that i really wanted to play yeah um i I, i'm glad that i in a way i never really had to live through that because it was Mm -hmm. either just drive down the store to gamestop or even walmart sometimes yeah actually i'm i'm glad you mentioned that because i i just thought of another funny story that i have yeah so our uh our dear grandmother um love her to death she uh i remember it must have been Late 1997 or early 1998, we go to Walmart and uh, I was like, oh, I want, I want a game. I want a game. Like, I want you to get me a game. And she she's like, oh, OK. And it's our grandmother who was notoriously who was like notoriously behind the times her entire life. Like, yeah, <laughs> from 1997 <laughs> through uh, when she passed recently in the last couple of years, she's just. She was one of those cliche grandmothers that's like I had to uh, I loved doing it um, because it was it was honestly very wholesome in a way. But I, you know, I had to every time she needed to do anything on her phone ever. Matthew, can you show me how to use my phone? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, you got yeah. it. Um, and every time I looked at it, there was like more malware and more weird <laughs> apps and more like her, her. I remember one time I needed to do something for her on her computer. And there was it was like back in the days where like MSN was or um, not MSN uh, like. What, a, messenger. like whatever that like homepage was that everyone had uh, i don't remember what it was called but it was like 37 bookmark bars and 800 pop-ups and like all that <laughs> shit so like every time i looked at her technology it was like more and infected her, her desktop screen had zero free space there was oh, an yeah, icon in literally. every possible space and add it on every square inch of her yeah of her. it was a nightmare dude. <laughs> it was so fun every time i looked at her phone there was more weird shit on it i was like what are you doing um, but yeah, she she's like, okay, yeah, let's go get you a game. So we walk over to where the games are, and I distinctly remember, and I feel like I've Googled this since then to verify, and it, it wasn't the case, but for whatever reason, I distinctly remember, I'm like super duper young, but I remember looking at the case and seeing the games, and I remember a sticker price of $19.99 for every single brand new PlayStation 1 game distinctly remember that now we're shelling out 70 80 bucks for a new game but man that day i was a huge fan and i i'll i talk about this a lot um but tomb raider i was a huge fan of tomb raider the first game and there is a uh, a spin-off story that i'll tell about this game that's really funny that mom and dad will still bring up sometimes it's been like almost 30 years and they still bring this up but um anyway i see tomb raider 2 and i was like no way that's a different game oh my god there's another tomb raider and she you know she's clueless she's like i have no idea what that is yeah um but she gets that for me and then i also see jet moto 2 oh man and she got me she got me tomb raider 2 and jet moto 2 on the same day dude what a game yeah what a game i have stories about that game but yeah i was happy as a little clam like i Two games on the same day, and I remember I would go back and forth between them. She lived in a house that had an uh, a fully finished basement. Yeah, it like was, an actual in, yeah. in in the state that we live in, really weird. Yeah, it was. It but was, it was like a full ass, like perfect mirror of the upstairs. Like it was the just like room, a the hallway. 
Yeah, it was just like a second floor, but underground. Like, it was really cool. Um, I miss that house, man. Yeah, it was a nice house. I was thinking the other day, uh, I don't know who I was in the car with. It might have been you. Uh, No, I think I was talking to some of my friends that play D&D. I was thinking the other day how fucking awesome it would be if we could turn that whole basement into the D&D space. Oh, dude. Just have, like, a basement for D&D. Like, that's classic, dude. Mom's basement. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Uh, let's let's rebuy that house. Let's let's make a yeah, shitload let's of money shell out and $1.5 million to rebuy that house. It, cause, I'd say, at right now, with the way the market is, I'd say it's probably worth seven or eight. Uh, yeah, it sold for five, so. Yeah, right now. Oh, five? Really? Well, it sold for, like, five fifty. That's right around the time that I bought this house. No. We right, sold that before. house in 2017. Okay, yeah, so that was a couple years. Yeah, the market was pretty weird then. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to start regardless. talking about real estate right <laughs> I now. I mean, nostalgia, 2008, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I knew um, what was happening with the housing market in 2008. So uh, that was a complete economic collapse in the United States of America. Yeah, I know. I, was like... Dude, I was, I was nine. I don't know <laughs> what was going on. Uh, so the story about Tomb Raider. So I played the first Tomb Raider game, and in the first level of the first Tomb Raider game, which just was just called Caves, uh, or Mountain Caves, I think. Um, you go through these caves in the Himalayas, and yada, 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 you go through it. Basically, there's a point in the first level, it's not even scary yet. Like, the game isn't even scary. You're just going through these, like, really well-lit caves, because it's, you know, a game from 1996, and... You know, they didn't have, like, really dynamic lighting in the game. Actually, I don't think there was any dynamic lighting in the first Tomb Raider. No, yeah, that's right. It was all just source lighting, right? Yeah, dynamic lighting was introduced in the second Tomb Raider game because you had the flares. Well, when the first game came out, I don't think dynamic lighting was a thing. Yeah. Um, So, basically, um, there's a section in the level where, like, uh, all it is is you come into this little section of the cave and there's a bridge that has, like, collapsed in the center of it. And literally all you have to do is run and jump over this bridge. Well, if you fail the jump below it, there's a combat encounter with a bear. Really not that scary. It's just like, you know, you it's fall down and then you hear the bear roar. You turn around. Hey, it's a bear. It's a well-lit bear, too. It's not like, oh, my God, what is this? Right. So I remember playing that and like it didn't really phase me, you know, like, you know, you fall down. Oh, oh God, there's a bear. OK, kill the bear and you move on. And then, OK, run back up and try to clear the jump again. You do it. It's fine. At some point. And then, you know, I played through the whole rest of the game. At some point, I had a nightmare. Um, And this was going through... This is a period of time where I used to have really consistent... They call them night terrors, which I guess are a thing. Yeah, night terrors are basically like a nightmare that you can't wake up from. Um, And it was bad. Like, Like they had to to seek medical help about it for me. Did Um, you ever have sleep paralysis? Yeah, because the two the two kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, it did. Yeah, um, it was it was really bad. Um, I've only okay. I, I'm sorry. This is the craziest tangent. I've only ever had sleep paralysis once, and everyone has ever said it's the scariest thing ever because you can't move and there's crazy shadow people in the corner of your room and blah blah this blah blah that and then like you like eventually you come out of it, but it's really terrifying. There have been people that have told stories about like their sleep paralysis demon like directly over them and like moving and being all crazy and shit. I had sleep paralysis once in my life. It was like a few years ago, and it was, I'm not joking. I promise you I'm not joking. It was a really tall, lanky, weird-looking dude 
It was all shadows, so all I could see was the outline. It was a really tall, weird-looking, lanky dude. His head was the outline of a rotisserie chicken, and he was doing the default dance from Fortnite. <laughs> and I was laughing. I woke up, I saw that, and I started hysterically laughing because my sleep paralysis demon was a fucking chicken head dude <laughs> default dancing from Fortnite. This is not a joke. I am being completely serious, and it was so fucking hilarious. <laughs> Why, anyway, why am I not like <laughs> surprised? But, yeah, for some reason that doesn't like <laughs> as you're describing that, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that sounds like Matt. <laughs> I don't like everyone's ever said like, oh, it's the worst thing ever. It's so scary. It's so blah blah blah. I I can't. I like came to my body and I was just hysterically laughing. If I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> if we're gonna tell weird stories that don't have anything to do with nostalgia, uh, I do have a story that is from around that time. I was eight or nine. Uh, and, well, finish your, uh, and our finish grandmother your... was there, and it's a terrifying story that I can tell. But yeah, finish so, your bear story. Yeah, so I had a night terror about that section, and it was I I can still kind of vaguely see it in my mind's eye, but all it was was in the dream. It was just that room, and there was nothing scary that happened. It was just an image of that room with that bridge. And when you jump across the bridge, there's a save crystal on the other side. Um, yeah. And in the game, the save points were just these like floating blue crystals. Back, back before, back before like the RAM could actually yeah. store an auto save, you had to. So yeah, so uh, I, and it was just like in in the dream, it was just an image of that room. But because it was a night terror, it like it was terrifying to me, and it literally like nothing happened in the dream. It's not like there were demons or shadow people or anything like that. It was just that room. Yeah, that was the dream, and it was. It's the state of mind, yeah. And uh, and I like came out of it, and you know, mom and dad, oh my god, what's going on? And and I guess like all I could say was like all I could communicate was like, oh yeah, it was the room from Tomb Raider. That's all I remember. And they banned me from playing Tomb Raider games. They absolutely refused to let me play Tomb Raider games, and that is why our grandmother bought Tomb Raider two for me because she didn't know about that. Oh, so she got Tomb Raider 2 for me and I started playing through that. And in Tomb Raider 2, like I said, they introduced dynamic lighting and ooky, so spooky it's, cult shit. So it's naturally. Yeah. And there's spooky cult shit. So it's naturally a scarier game in tone because there's sections of the game that are completely dark. And they saw me playing it one day. And my dad, I think, probably was the one that noticed. And he was like, what? This looks different. What is this? And I was like, oh, it's Tomb Raider 2. And he and mom are like, what? And they got really pissed. They took the game away from me. And then eventually, like a week or two later, they gave it back. Because um, I managed to, like, fight back. But anyway, um, I remember one day. Uh, this is a little bit of an offshoot from that story. But uh, one day, my dad just came home randomly one day and had Tomb Raider 3. Yeah. Just randomly. He would do that for us all the time he when did. we were kids. He would and just come home with new games or something, and we didn't ask for it. He's just like, here, I got you something. I, I still remember. So cool. I still remember the Christmas that he got us that PlayStation 2, and I played the shit I, I played the shit out of that Men in Black tie-in movie game. Oh, yeah. yeah I remember that. He, that came with the PlayStation 2. I remember that. that. Honestly, that was uh, kind of like just piggybacking off of, uh, off of everything that you just said about Dad kind of randomly coming home with games and stuff like that. That was the best part about being the youngest son is I just had all these games. I had all these games. I would open the game cabinet and I would just see a game that I never saw before and I'd be like, well, this, and I'd play it. I just had all these, I just had, I was born with a game library. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I just, there were some games that like, of course, like, you know, we played the crap out of Tekken and we played the crap out of Crash Bash and we're all Crash games for that matter um, and stuff like that. And then I remember the weird games that like no one knows where they came from, like Wave Rider for the GameCube. 
I've asked our brother. I've oh asked dad. God, like, where did Ra- where where did Ray Wave Rider come from? And they were like, "Well, we don't know. We just have it." And I was like, "Okay." Splash down to rides gone wild. It was a jet ski racing game that yeah. took you through theme park themed levels. Oh that, my! That, that was kind of that was kind of the vibe of Wave Rider. It was like a jet ski racing game, and I, I remember oh it was God. a blast. But back when like jet ski and uh, snowboarding and ski games were all the rage. I remember I had uh, I had. Whoa. I was gonna say Sean Morgan. I don't think that's Snow Sean White. Sean Morgan is the vocalist and guitarist for Seether. Yeah, I know. That's why I was like, <laughs> no, it's not him. Um, is, is it Sean White, the surf, the the, the snowboarding? Dude? It, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. We had a we had a Sean White game for the PlayStation Three back when that came back when. But that's, was that's a little cool too borders. late. Cool board, but yeah, just just literally walking into the to because we had this big like early thousands wooden entertainment center and there was these glass cabinets that we shattered uh, throughout the course of its life because we were shitbag children and uh i would just open the the glass cabinet that had like our games in it and there'd just be shit in there that i have no idea and i'd just be like what's that dude those were those were such good times man like i said dad was yeah he was such a great dad he'd just like come home with like like when he came home with Tomb Raider three again, I didn't even know there was yeah, a Tomb well, that, Raider yeah, three. Yeah, that, that he was just cool showed thing. up with it, and he's like, "Hey, here you go. I got this for you." And I'm like, "What?" Because as a parent, and especially in the industry that he was in, he was in a position to know when new games come out. But as a kid, you play the you play Tomb Raider, and you're like, "Cool, that was Tomb Raider," yeah. and then you move on with your life. And it's, then it's like, like there's it, a second one. Yeah, like, it's literally. like we were talking about the other day. Like. There was no Google. There was no social media. This is yeah. back when it was all word of mouth. And or like if you were in the know and there was like game magazines. Yeah, but like as a seven-year-old, you know, I didn't. I wasn't re- reading game magazine or going to E3 or anything like yeah, that. You yeah, know? yeah. So anything I knew just came from dad. And again, he worked in an industry where they knew about shit like that. So yeah, it was, it was always super cool when he would come home. And I miss that feeling of joy. Like imagine if, imagine if we didn't actively know that they were working on another dragon age game. And then, and then all of a sudden our dad showed up at our door and was like, Hey, I got you guys this game. And we're like, what? Like, imagine the joy you'd feel. Yeah. I, I, the other real quick, the other like piece of privilege that I loved being the youngest child is it took, from what I understand, and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit better, it took, mm-hmm. a, it took a minute before, you know, mom and dad let you and our other brother play M rated games. No, they they let I was me play them pretty early on. I was, I was playing like Grand Theft Auto games and stuff like that when I was like eight. Oh, I was actually, like eight. I remember. But I remember it was it was like an uphill battle to let them play. At the time, the the big Grand Theft Auto game was Vice City, and yep. it was like it was an uphill battle to let them let us do anything with it. So what me and my brother would do? That's because I ruined that for you. Yeah. Well, we we had a. Uh, we had a little CRT TV in our room that we would play our, our PlayStation games on, um, but they made us keep the console in the living room. So me and our other brother, we shared that room. We would sneak into the living room in the middle of the night, bring the PlayStation 2 and Grand Theft Auto Vice City into our room, and we'd play it up until like the point where the sun started to rise. And when the sun started to rise, we would know, okay, Dad's going to be getting up soon to go to work, so we'd put it back in the living room. And we did that for a minute before we were able to actually convince them to just let us play those games. Another, yeah, and it, it's, I think that you guys probably employed something that I taught our other brother. You, yeah. Stuff the, uh, stuff the crack under the door with a blanket so that mom and dad couldn't see the light coming out of your yep. room. Yeah, yeah. Our other brother did that all the time. Yep. Yeah, I taught him to do that because there was one night that I brought, uh, or that I wanted to play a game with him. 
And uh, yeah, you just you just stuff a blanket into the crack under the door so that the kids. Well, see the, the, the way that your out. room worked too is there's like a turn. There's like the door opens. There was a wall there, and then you turn into the room. But our room, it was just it was just you know. Well, no, that's the room that I showed him in because oh. we, we switched rooms a couple times. Yeah, but the years. you 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 landed in that room pretty Eventually. consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I also remember there was one time that we got busted though because we put the PlayStation Two back. We we made it look like we were sleeping. Our father walked in, put his hand on the TV, and was like, "Guys, the TV is still warm." Oh no! <laughs> Back when dude. CRT TVs were like warm, but he oh, like he put God. his hand on the TV. He knew we were awake in that moment. And he was like, "Guys, the TV is still warm," and we were like, "Sorry, Dad." What? Yep. That's so cool. What yep. a classic dad yep. move. <laughs> yeah, he he. I don't know if he heard us in the middle of the night because we tried our damnedest oh, to be quiet. Oh, he definitely did. He but, knew something was a muck. Yeah, but honestly, if I ever become a parent and I hear my kids playing video games in the middle of the night down the hall, I'm gonna be like, yeah, you guys, you guys have fun. <laughs> I'll bust you once to like make it seem like I'm being a dad, but like I've been there. I get and it. And honestly, I was just getting ready to say, I bet he knew. Like, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. He had to know, and it was probably exactly what you're talking about, where he's like, you know what, I'm going to bust you guys once, punish you heavily, but you know what, we know you're doing this. Yeah, but if they he really just, wanted he just to prevent in. it, they would just take the PlayStation yeah. 2. You know? He just he just walked in, put his hand on the CRT, still because <laughs> back then, you know, the CRT TVs had those big tubes in them yeah. that warmed up. So he'd be like, guys, the TV is still warm, and we'd be like, oh, <laughs> no. But yeah, that, that, that was a beautiful era. And I just remember, um, like, I play, we obviously play so much video games now, but, like, I'm at a point in my life where a game comes out that I care about, I play it until I beat it, and then it's, like, hard for me to pick it back up again, because yeah. I just kind of move on. I, I miss being a child and being able to wake up in the morning before school and play as much as I could before I go to school, go to school, come home, play up until I have to go to bed and just repeat. And then, like, I remember in the summer, um, this is, this is like, nostalgia in a way, but it was a PlayStation 3 game, which is still, like, I don't know if I consider that era to no. be nostalgia yet. Uh, maybe in a few more years, but uh, my favorite game ever was Little Big Planet 2. Um, and I, I literally would get like in on summer vacation i would start playing it at like 7 a.m and the sun would be rising the next day and i'd be like oh <laughs> cool um yeah but i miss being able to do that like i can't do that anymore man well, even even if i'm like even if my friends are like we play rainbow six siege all the all the time even if they're like hey let's all play siege i'm like yeah i'll be super into it and i'll play for like 45 minutes to an hour and then i'll be like no i'm good well, another thing that uh, to think about from like that era, right? When we were kids, like obviously we're grown men now. Like, yeah, a new game comes out, even like a really challenging like puzzle game or something. We're going to play it and we're going to beat it in a matter of days because we're grown men and we have fully formulated thoughts and like <laughs> the ability to problem solve and shit like that. Yeah. Right? When we were kids, we didn't have that. So any challenge in a game was this incredibly fun, exciting thing. And like, that's why I I can, dude, I can 100% complete Spyro the Dragon in one sitting. Like, yeah. it would probably take me a matter of hours. And back in the day, I remember 100% completing Spyro the Dragon was like a monumental this huge, feat. Yeah. yeah, this well, huge endeavor. I, the thing because we were kids, you know? Yeah, but like, I, re I remember... Like, you know, we, as a kid, um, yeah, we beat Saints Row 2. Um, Saints Row 2 was a staple game for us. We loved that game. Uh, I would love to see them remake that game and not ruin yeah, it. Yeah, I was well into my teens um, when that game came out. I, I remember playing the shit out of that game, beating it in, you know, a matter of days. It didn't take long. But, like, still, 
every day i would play the well, sh- i would just drive around right like yeah. as a kid i could let myself i had enough imagination or whatever the case was to just drive around and do this random thing and do this random thing like i i could just dick around in the game for well, hours that's, that's... but nowadays if there's a really cool open world game i'll play it and i'll beat it and i just don't have the drive to like run around and like do that kind of shit well, I was just getting ready to say Saints Row 2 is a little different because that was open world and it did have that kind of playability. But I'm talking about games like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Tomb Raider, the yeah. linear linear progression. And well, yeah, there's. The, I remember yeah. it probably took me the course of an entire year or close to that to beat Tomb Raider 2 because I was a kid and trying to figure these things out and explore these worlds was this new concept that was that, like you said, it was you wake up in the morning, play as much as you can, get home from school, do as much as you can. Yeah. But now, like, again, I could beat Tomb Raider in one sitting, not just because I know where to go or what to do, but because like it's not it's not that hard. Yeah. It just doesn't stimulate the mind like it did when we were kids. You know, honestly, like for as much as we talk about how excited we are about Dreadwolf, I'll probably like give it one really good, solid playthrough and then I'll probably be done. Well, and honestly, I'm not going to like I just there was a I don't want to say the name of it, but there was an open world game that just came out um, that I was super psyched for. And the world is insanely detailed and insanely cool. And it's awesome. And if I was a kid, I would never put this game down. But now I beat the story and I'm like, OK, yeah, no, and I, I mean, I've it's... maybe explored like two percent of the map. Well, that's that's what I did with Inquisition. Like I played through it the first time and was like, yeah, that was a really good game. And then I didn't touch it for years. And then every couple years or so I would go back to it, play it again. Wow. That's an insanely good game. I forgot how good it is and then forget about it. But I have been on a dragon age kick for the better part of two years straight now. And it's, I can't like, I, it's, it's very rare, but um, anyway, I, I feel like I might have that a little bit with Dreadwolf, but now Now that I've spent as much time in the Dragon Age world and invested as much as I have, I think that I'm going to play through it as one character. I'm going to get like halfway through and be like, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try a warrior now. Oh, I'm going to try a rogue now. And I'm going to get lost in like new player syndrome where you just keep creating these characters and you can't complete the game. (laughs) Yeah, I just. Yeah. But I I remember as a kid just finding the most like there was a we did this for hours there was back when like single player games actually let you like use cheats you know there was a cheat in saints row 2 called milk bones which made you hit (laughs) with the strength of zeus and then there is a a cheat called low gravity and there was a uh a weapon in the game it was a melee weapon called the pimp slap it was like Mm -hmm. a foam finger that you just smack the shit out of people and without any mods they already go flying but with milk bones and low gravity and evil cars it was just chaos so we, me and my brother, we would go up to, cause this was at a point in our life. Um, I think we, I don't know how or why, but we had two PlayStation threes in the house. So we would play together all the time. Like we'd have two TVs next to each That's other. So we'd just cool. be playing. I was, so cool. I was off playing music and bands and doing dumb shit with my friends. I was, I was well into my teens at that point. Yeah. But, um, we, uh, we would go, there was this hotel in the, the, like in the Northern portion of the map, kind of like in the North, like on the beach kind of area, like the the super ritzy district there's like this really tall hotel that was yeah, yeah. like it was like a secret building that you could walk up into and there's an elevator that led you to the top floor and for hours multiple days like this wasn't just a one-time thing we did literally every time we played we did this for hours we would go up to the very top and we'd slap each other off the roof and then we'd get back to the top of the roof and slap each other off the roof and we did that for hours and it's like simple fun kid yeah. shit like that i just can't do that anymore i mean even even when saints row 2 came out there was uh you know i was into my teens but 
I would do something for hours where the the mechanic where explosions had a huge like force. Oh, All explosions. Uh, mass, no, ma- car mass hole was the one. No, no, I'm not started. talking about cheats. I'm just talking about the stock game. In the game programming, oh. explosion, explosions had this force to them, and they would launch you. Yeah. So I would get in a really fast car and drive into the pumps at the gas station. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And if you hit them fast enough, they'd explode and then send your car flying, and I would just do that over and over again to see how high I could get my car there, to go there was fly a, in the air. There it's was like the a, Giants in Skyrim that yeah. like launch you. It's the same thing. There, there was two cheats. There was like the low-gravity cheat again, and there was another cheat that made explosions worse, like better, and we would we would drive into the gas stations with those two on, so not only would it, like, not only would the explosion already send you flying even more so, but with low-gravity, you just go, boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. the other thing that we would do all the time was um, if you turn on uh, player pratfalls, which if you press any of the, the yeah, triggers, yeah. you just fall over. And then low gravity, uh, we would do insurance fraud and you could literally just fly. You could just take yeah. to the stars and just fly around. <laughs> and then every now and then when you come down, you just hit a car and go flying again. Another uh, another series that I didn't talk about much. I know we've talked about it in the past, though, is the entire Gex trilogy. Yeah, we, we, dude, my experience with Gex is only the third game. I think there's been times where I've played bits and pieces of the first two, but Gex 3 is the one that I remember. And I, I just remember being so enamored with it. Like the game environments, the, the, the art style, the combat, the gameplay, everything. It was just so goddamn fun. Um, the, the thing about the third game that always like grabbed my attention the most was that I, I think I mentioned it in uh, a different episode, but the, the the hub world was a mission in and of itself. Like in the in mission control, like there's like, you know, there's like all these little areas for the different um, monitors and stuff that you could go to, to do the missions. And th- they were levels in and of themselves. And there's so much to explore and so much to do just there alone on top of the fact that there's already a whole game. It was just it was great. The scale as a child was insane to me. Yeah, no, the hub worlds were awesome. Um, there was Mission Control, Lake Plas or Lake Flaccid. Yep. Uh, and then Slappy Valley. Yep. Uh, and then Funky Town. I loved Funky Town, which which is uh, this is the one that I reference all the time because as a child, th- this happened around the same time that like you know Dragon Ball was the biggest thing ever as a child and stuff like that but uh i remember f- most fondly the anime level the anime channel just the anime channel just because like the the cool mech suit and the flying around yeah, and the soundtrack lie. and the music yeah, it so so good so yeah. amazing um but where, was that in slappy valley it was in slappy valley yeah i fucking i love that level slappy valley had the greek philosophy level uh yeah. the little red riding hood level and uh the anime channel oh i remember the little red riding hood level that was fun but honestly my favorite level in the game is the first one like this the santa snow christmas one really i, I love that level i as the game progresses i like the levels more and more and more the greek one was always a favorite of mine i love the egypt one yeah i'm not a big fan of the egypt which is hilarious knowing me if you know anything about who i am i I just, just want to say but... something. I want to. I'm gonna ruin something for a lot of people because SJ ruined it for me. Okay. We were sitting on the couch together. This was maybe a month or two ago. We were sitting on the couch together. I was on my phone scrolling, oh, and he was man. he was looking at the TV. <laughs> this and is a great yeah. place to close the episode uh, out on. Okay. I I just <laughs> I just started humming the the riff to Psychosocial by Slipknot. Uh, I'm 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 a big metalhead. I listen to everything, but metal is a, a genre that I really love. So I just started going like da 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 da, like just singing the guitar riff from Psychosocial. And SJ leans forward, whips his head over to me, and he was just like, "Is that Gex?" And I was like, 
what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, was was that was that the Gex soundtrack? And I was like, no, dude, it's Psychosocial yeah, like, by Slipknot. I was like, no, dude, you were humming the song from the Egypt level in Gex three, and Matt was like, what, what are you talking? So what? SJ pulled it up. Uh, it's like it's like Hot Moses, or I don't know what it's called. But it's <laughs> Hot Moses. If if you it's I think it has Moses in it, but if if you just Google Gex three Egypt level music or something like that, it'll come up. And he played that, and the riff in that level is literally da 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 da, and then it goes in that drum break. Holy Moses! Holy Moses! It goes in that drum break of do ka do ka ka. And in Psychosocial, if you've never heard the song, it's literally the same thing. It's like da 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 da, da and it repeats the it is three times. Exactly and then the same and then they song. do that drum break where they go do do ka da ka da ka. So he played <laughs> he played Holy Moses, and I was like, dude, play Psychosocial right now. And he played Psychosocial right now. It I don't know if Jim Root and uh, and like uh, uh, Corey Taylor, I don't know if they were big Sleeper Gex fans or if that was completely unintentional, but Holy Moses from Gex 3 and Psychosocial by Slipknot are the same it's, it's, song. It's like uncanny. It's, yeah, it's not debatable. And the, temp, the tempo, yeah. the riff, the drum break, it's the same Yeah, like it's song. not debatable, dude. It's not one of those things that we're saying like, oh, these kind of sound similar. No, it is verbatim. One for one. One for one, exactly the same. Look at it. Listen to Psychosocial. <laughs> And then search for Holy Moses Gex Three soundtrack. Yeah. He just dropped that. Like I just because I was I I listened to I was listening to that. Uh, I think All Hope Is Gone. I was listening to that on the way home from work, and Psychosocial was in my head because it's a banger. And I was just like do 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 do. And SJ just like without missing a beat, as if this is information that's always preloaded into your consciousness. <laughs> you were just like, is that Gex? And I was like, literally, there was no. Well, I was like it flabbergasted. It I was like, is that the Egypt level? It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't one of those moments where I, I did that, and then there was like a few seconds, and he was like, wait a second, like I did that and immediately he was like hey is, was that gex and yeah. i was like what what are you on about yeah i was like what what is he doing is he going back through and playing emulators like this is wild <laughs> yeah psychosocial no, and so holy funny. moses are the same song that floored us because we we were like we were shocked for like an hour we're like oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> we shook if um the, yeah no that, that that was great the gex games man man were they good um i'm trying to think um just kind of like those those childhood franchises that that kind of defined the games that I played growing up, and there was one other trilogy that I really wanted to talk about. Um, and I played the shit out of it because it was really fun. But really, uh, it was our other brother that kind of introduced me to these games. But it was the Jack and Daxter games. Yeah, I never played those. So the first Jack and Daxter game, I believe, it was Jack and Daxter: The Precursor Legacy. It was a fun 3D action platformer, you know, Jack and Daxter, they were, I don't think Jack talked in that game, but Daxter was like the witty, kind of like sly, you know, like wisecracking companion, and it was like, there was a really good story there, but it was mostly happy-go-lucky, but at the end of the game, it kind of took a little, a little turn to the dark, and it was like, oh, okay, that was, that was, that was fun, that was cool. Jack and Daxter 2 is literally Grand Theft Auto for children. Mm. The game opens up with Jack being tortured in like a science lab, cursing Breaking into a city, grabbing a gun, and stealing a car. Hmm. Jack and Daxter 2 just went full Grand Theft Auto. So, like, the way that the guns, the gun system in that game was awesome. Because you had, like, one gun, and as you went through the game, you unlocked, like, the sniper attachment and the machine gun attachment and stuff like that. And that you could just fluidly swap through. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was really fun. You could literally hijack cars, walk up, press triangle, throw that bitch out, get in the car... 
um, Jack uh, was like, instead of being this happy-go-lucky silent protagonist, he was like hell-bent on revenge against the people that did this to him. And it was just the craziest tone shift in a video game ever. It went from happy 3D platformer to Grand Theft Auto for children with guns and stealing cars. And, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And like, it was like light cursing, like damn and shit, I yeah. think is in the game. They never say like, fuck. But yeah, it was why and it was rated t for teens so like parents didn't care like mom and dad and never they look were at the like, cover and they're like oh a wholesome platformer no like, i think the cover of jack and dexter 2 has jack <laughs> holding a gun i'm gonna be honest hold on let me look it up um but while if, you're doing that yeah while you're doing that yeah um, he's literally holding a gun dude no holds barred holding a gun <laughs> so uh let me ask you this matt okay. i have a couple so we've talked about a lot of games today but i have a couple that i could talk about forever but I'd, I'll just make them honorable mentions. Okay. Um, if you have honorable mentions, throw them out at me. But uh, Blasto. Yep. Yep. Earthworm Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you remember actually playing Blasto. but it I was, do. I do, actually. It was incredible. And just the other day, I loaded up an emulator and played through a little bit more of it. And it's, it's still so much fun. Yeah. Um, Perks Adventures. Dude, I loved that game. Dad and I used to play that so hard. Herx Adventures was absolutely incredible. It was like a top-down... It was like uh, Diablo, kind of. It was like a top-down, side-scrolling-ish kind of thing. It was yeah. 2D, but it was a freaking blast. The soundtrack for it, dude, was amazing. It was near copy... I know that this is a JonTron joke, but he, he said it the best. Near copyright levels of the Star Wars soundtrack. Have you heard the intro music? I don't know what that means. Let's, it's it's almost Star Wars. It's like near copyright levels of Herx Adventures. Yeah, hold on. Like da da. There's one part that's like it's like you know how Star Wars is like. Oh my god! Now I can't think of anything. Uh, yeah, you know it's like da 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 da. There's a part in that song where it goes da 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 da, and it just kind of like holds that note and then goes into the next thing. But it's like, oh, that's Star <laughs> Wars. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, Herc's Adventures, man. I remember I only ever played Jason. Yeah, I is, played all three. I played yeah. Atlanta, I played Jason, and I played Hercules. I just, I Dad loved playing Hercules, so when we played it together, I would be Jason. I don't know who voiced Hades, but I love it. Yeah, I just, he's all creepy. I just love you can't understand him because there's one line there's one line where he says, I will see you in the land of the dead, but he just goes, I will see you in the land of the dead. And it's like, <laughs> what are you saying right now, dude? What are you huh? <laughs> like my little CRT TV speakers is not like yeah. good enough. Like, what are you saying? You yeah, know, I freaking loved that game, dude. I kind of want to go back and honestly, after recording this episode, I want to just load up my emulators and uh, play through all yeah. this crap again. Uh, anyway, other other honorable <laughs> mentions. Um, mentions. Those are really the big two that jumped out at me. Um, yeah, honestly, n no, not necessarily. Um, Jet Moto, for, to an extent, I did play a lot of those games, but oh, yeah. there's just like so much of, like, did it suck that I got like all of my clothes and like school supplies and stuff like that were handed down? Yeah, that sucked. But all my games, I just I, like I said, I was born with a game library, dude. Yeah. So I, I that's one thing about being the youngest son that I, I couldn't really complain about. Um, that's one thing that might suck about having a kid now is like if you're the youngest son, everything is digital, so it's like oh whatever. But mm -hmm. um, unless you have parents that have like a physical library, but um. A lot of a lot of those like nostalgia era games, I went back and played. Like when I, when I was in my early teens, is when I finally was able to go back and play like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and some of those staple uh, games from that era. But like growing up, it was all PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, GameCube. Well, games. yeah, that's all I ever had was PlayStation as a kid, and then yeah. I got 
I didn't even have an original Xbox. I got a, a 360 was my first I remember, Xbox. We owned the original Xbox. We got it much later. Yeah. Like it, it was one of those things that dad brought home one day, but it was it was like after They're probably just trying to get they're probably just trying to get rid of it. And yeah. they were just like, "Hey man." Yeah. Um but yeah, I never played I Oh, yeah, and then of course I had a Game Boy Color was my first Game Boy and it was see-through purple and then I had a Game Boy Advance, but the, I only had those systems for Pokémon. Um, yeah. But I never played any Nintendo console games, so I never played GameCube, never played I mean I played SNES. Yeah, like really early on, but I Nintendo is one of my one of my favorite game developers, especially in those eras of like the 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 N sixty four and the uh, the yeah. GameCube. Just so many bangers, so many good games. Um, so I I mean we could we could easily do a, another nostalgia episode, just like part two Electric Boogaloo. But yeah, just we could because a lot of this is just like storytelling from that time of my life. So yeah, yeah. Is there is there anything else that you wanted to like hard mention or uh, no? I think I think about that's it. about it for today. Um, well, thanks for listening to us ramble like old men sitting out on a porch going back in my day, mm-hmm. back in my day, you actually had to play the game to get things instead of use your parents credit card. Yeah. Back uh, before microtransactions. Yeah. It's rough. Gaming is rough now, man. To be fair, it takes so much more to develop a game now than it did to create games in 1998. Yeah. So they true. kind of need microtransactions to be able to sustain the crazy production. Like, like, think about it. Dreadwolf has been in active production for, what, probably the better part of 10 years now. And, like, back in the day, they were, like, Tomb Raider 1 came out in 1996. Tomb Raider 2 came out in 1997. And yeah. it was a full game with new features, like, new, like, dynamic lighting, new guns, new combat, new everything, right? And it took yeah. them a year. Less than a year, obviously, because they released it, started working on the next one, and released it. Like that was that was game that production. Was how it was with a lot. Like Majora's Mask came out yeah. almost immediately after Ocarina of Time. Um, yeah, there's so, so much, like much that. more yeah. that goes into it. And yes, games sell more now than they did in the '90s, but there's still these huge production cycles. Yeah, I mean, and gaming is like the one thousands of, the, of people. It's one of the biggest. Um, like what's the word I'm looking for? It's like one of the most profitable industry. Yeah. I guess industry like over like movies and music and like the yeah, like media industry and stuff like that. Gaming is like one of them that if not the like, yeah, it's just like the, watch, the amount of money that's in it is insane. Watch the credit roll for Spyro the dragon or Herc's adventures you can or see, crash like, bandicoot 13 one. people. And then watch the credit roll for, uh, the latest call of duty, uh, inquisition, red dead redemption two. It's like, it's longer than a movie. Yeah. Like hundreds of people are working on these games. That's a big payroll to take care of. So yeah, there, like it, there are I know microtransactions we, that I don't mind. And there are ways that games are monetized yeah. now that I'm okay with, but there are definitely companies like EA and like Activision that is just egregious yeah, they're, and stupid. Yeah. They're butchering. Yeah, for sure. Like there are egregious microtransaction and then there are ones that I can get behind. Right. But it is kind of a necessity. Yeah. These, this day and age. Um, Cause I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't see many people running around with like call of duty shirts and, or, and like merch, you know, like nobody's, that's not as big of a market as it was in the early two thousands. Like, yeah, I see like video game merch. They could make money from that. They could sell the license and then, you know, make money from merch, but now they can't do that. Or I'm sure they can. And I'm it's, sure they do, but it's yeah. just not as common as it was back then. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Um, um so yeah, like there are friend, ways that it's done well. But. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, cool. Any uh, any last thoughts for today, Matt? Any words of wisdom? 
um, uh, floss before you go to bed. And like and subscribe and yeah, share. Yeah, like, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're on Spotify, give us a rating. That really, really, really helps a lot. You know, content creator stuff. Like, it's great. I don't know. Give us five stars on Spotify. Or perish. <laughs> don't Please don't threaten our audience. <laughs> right, I won't. Um... Yeah, are you taking? Who's who's? Are we playing chicken with who's officially taking us out, or what's going on here? Uh, I don't know who took us out last week. I feel like I've taken us out every time. Yeah, because you you're usually trying to set me up for the thing that we don't do anymore. Because <laughs> you'd be like, I'm gonna not do. But that. I haven't set you up for it in the past. Well, you, well, you always tee me up to do the weird thing. Um, but we haven't. We don't do that. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Ten Points of Slashing. My name is Matthew. And I'm Spyro the Dragon. Yeah, man. Bye, guys. See you next week.